I am Father Meinrid Bruni. I'm a Benedictine priest monk of St. Meinrid Archabbey and happens to be located in St. Meinrid, Indiana. And I, I know it is surprising when people, uh, when I would be in the college and have to order a airplane ticket or, or something or a reservation, uh, they said, name. And they said, would you repeat that? And would you spell that for us? We never heard of that. <laughs> and I would spell it out. And then they said, where are you from? And I would tell them the monastery. And where is that located? And then when I get to the town, they said, oh, you're kidding. <laughs> they can't believe I would have the name of the monastery and the name of the town. <laughs> I am Brother Joel Blaze. I'm Novice Tony Wolnikowski. And this is our podcast, Echoes from the Bell Tower. Stories of wit and wisdom from Benedictine monks who live, work, and pray in southern Indiana. This week's episode is about monastic names. We talk to a lot of monks in the community about stories behind their names, so you will hear a lot of voices in this episode. Hopefully you will find the stories as interesting as we did. I spent a year discerning whether monastic life was right for me. I professed my first vows back in January with three other classmates, and during our year as novices, we discussed what names we were thinking of so we didn't take anyone else's name. And each of us had names that fluctuated a little bit, but I think for the most part, we all had maybe our at least top name choices in mind and this is brother simon herman he is one of brother joel's classmates it was fun just here and there to talk about names with them and i think that helped us grow in intimacy we got to know our classmates a little bit better and their reasoning behind the names that they were thinking about and the process of taking a name varies from abbot to abbot archabbot justin the current leader of our community has novices submit three names and then they meet with him Here's our chapit, Justin. I like to hear from them why they put down the choices that they put down. It helps me understand why they would choose this name or that name for themselves. And I always tell them, you better put down three names that you like and that you can live with. The abbot doesn't have to choose one of the three names submitted either. He can come up with one of his own. But there are some rules about choosing and receiving names. Rule one is there can only be one person in the community with a name, but it wasn't always like that. In times past, when there was a greater degree of separation in the community and the brothers um, had almost a different sort of lifestyle than the fathers, we could repeat names. So you might have a father Robert and a brother Robert. but. From about the 1960s on, the custom had been not to repeat names. So if someone had the name in the community, then it would not be available as a choice to a novice. And that rule continues. The second rule is, the name has to be based off of a saint. The saint can come from church history, monastic tradition, or from an Old Testament figure. Like Brother Joel chose the prophet Joel as his patron. A patron saint serves as a sort of spiritual role model for the monk, someone for him to emulate. In the monastery, we do not celebrate birthdays, but we do celebrate the feast day of our patron, which is normally the date of their death. The third rule is, once a novice finds out his new name, the name is kept secret and revealed or first announced to the community during the profession. 
So before the profession, only a handful of people know the new name. After the novice submits his three names and meets with the abbot, the abbot puts a note in the novice's mailbox indicating the new name. My three classmates and I, we were like, oh, we're going to be checking the mailbox all morning because he said he would put it there in the morning and we didn't know when. So I think I checked it three or four times before I finally saw the note in the mailbox. Yeah, it was a really interesting experience. This is Brother Nathaniel Siddick. He also made first profession in January. Because when we submitted the names, we submitted them on uh, a sheet of paper to Father Abbott with just our three decisions. And when we received our name, we received that same sheet of paper back. And there was a note from Father Abbott, for me, that said, Nathaniel will be your name. And to read that, in a certain sense, you realize, wow, this is a command. Uh, it's not saying your name will be Nathaniel, or I want your name to be Nathaniel, or anything else. No, it says Nathaniel will be your name. Uh, so, in reading that, there's something uh, that kind of that struck the heart and says, okay, uh, this is it. This is this is who I am. This is the name that I will have. Yeah, getting the paper back, it makes it a little more tangible. When I got mine back, I taped it to my door. That way, kind of, it was in my face. Like, it's here. This is who I am now. And it made it all that more real. That was Brother Gene Fish. He's my third classmate who took vows in January. So there was Brother Simon, Brother Nathaniel... Brother Gene and myself, who submitted names to the abbot. I think very seriously about it because I'm giving someone a name whom theoretically they would keep for the rest of their lives here in the community. Uh, I'm conscious, too, when I do that, that if they have submitted names, for example, that have been what we might call traditional house names, names that have been repeated or associated with monks who were well-known in the past, that gives it a little more weight in my mind that it has a more of a local flavor for us, uh, St. Minor tradition behind it. So I, I do think it's, for myself, a, a serious responsibility. And then after we received our new names, I don't know if we were supposed to, but we, we told each other what we got. So at lunch, we each held up our fingers indicating which choice we got, because we each knew each other's choices. So it was fun to, oh, okay, you got that one. Cool. Yeah, I think the, the bigger relief, at least for me, was finally submitting the names because there was a lot of thought into what the three submissions would be. And then after the meeting was done and everything was turned in, I was like, oh, okay, I can breathe now. It took a year to come up with names, and then after you submit it, it's like, okay, I don't have to think about names anymore. I was happy he picked Simon. And, of course, right after that is when I started practicing signing Simon because... At vows, we have to sign our new name on our vow chart. But then I thought, oh, my name is Simon now. This is this is this is different. This is new, and I'm st still getting used to my name as Simon. As we mentioned, the name stays secret until the night of profession. That's the first time the monastic community and our friends and family hear our new name. We stand at the podium at the ambo, and then we read from our vow chart. In the 2013th year of the Nativity of our Lord, on this, the sixth day of the month of August. And then you hear it for the first time. 
At this point, the church is dead silent in anticipation of listening to that new name. I, Brother James Jensen, from the Diocese of Davenport, promise for three years stability in this community. saying the name, it was in that moment that it kind of overwhelming kind of happiness that I'm part of this community. And I think us reading our vow chart is that declaration that I want to be here for the three years I'm willing to grow and learn and willing to kind of embrace that opportunity to love and become closer to everybody. Yeah, and even after reading it, as if reading it in front of everybody wasn't enough, we sign it uh, at the end on the bottom with our new names. Uh, so being able to to write that name uh, and in writing agreeing to what you read definitely further solidifies that commitment and and is a much more tangible symbol of, okay, I, I am part of this life now. I am part of this community. Back in January, novice Jonathan made his first profession and took a new name. Uh, so now I'm sitting with Brother Joel to find out why he chose the name Brother Joel. Um, I guess answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> the people want to know. <laughs> well, Joel was my second choice, but I, I've liked the name for a long time and for most of the time I was thinking about what name to choose, I had it at the top of my list. So the first thing to know is that I'm a convert to the Catholic Church, and when I was growing up, I, my family was um, attending uh, Pentecostal, charismatic-type churches. And as you probably remember in the book of Acts at Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit is poured out, St. Peter quotes the book of Joel to explain everything that's going on with the signs and miracles that were happening at Pentecost. So to me and my family, that name was significant because of that passage from the Bible. Also, sort of very personal reason why I like the name Joel was that before I was born, my parents had a late-term miscarriage, and they named that little boy Joel. And my mom prayed for a whole year for another son, and a year to the day when she lost him, she found out that she was pregnant with me, and then she found out she was going to have another boy. So I thought it was a nice name to choose for those reasons. What did you think when you found out that that was the name that you were going to be receiving or announcing to the community? I was very happy about it. My first two choices especially I would have been equally happy with. And um, my first choice was Jude. My second choice was Joel. And my third was Jonas. Jonas. So they were all J names. <laughs> so you could keep your email. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I know, talking to you prior to you making vows, that there was a time where you were still debating the third name. How close did you let it get before you decided what the third name on the list was going to be? In all honesty, 15 minutes before <laughs> 15 minutes before I had to submit the names, I finally settled on my third choice. Joel especially was on the list before I even entered the monastery. Jude was soon after. And my third choice, Jonas, I I had no idea up, up until right at, right at the end. And... And I won't say it was because I didn't want to change my email. <laughs> 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 but, 
but I didn't want to change my email. <laughs> I thought if I, I liked Jonas as well as I liked anything else. And uh, well, and Jonas is a very good name, but I do agree. I'm glad you didn't get Jonas because you'd be a Jonas brother. Wasn't <laughs> that terrible? <laughs> so, <laughs> if I would have got my first choice, I would have been a Hey Jude all the time. So that's not true. much better than being a Jonas brother. I'm just glad my my given name wasn't Billy. Then <laughs> I'd be Billy Joel. <laughs> How did your family react to your name choice? They thought it was great. They were thrilled with the choice. And I'd let them know before I even entered the monastery that I liked the name Joel and I was trying to feel for how they would think about it. And they seemed fine, but I wasn't completely sure uh, how they would take it. And so that's why I put it as second choice. And then I thought, well, it's in the abbot's hands and I'll just trust him and God. And if it's the name I'm supposed to have, then that's the name I'll get. And that's the way it worked out. So... The significance to me, it, it just shows that I'm, I've started a new chapter in life and then I'm dedicating my life to God in a new and special way to me. Um, you know, you think of name changes in the Bible. It was always when uh, somebody received a new name, when, when they begin a new ministry or when they take on a new role. And I think more than anything, that's, that's what the name change means to me. Next, Brother John Mark Falkenhayn tells us the story behind his name. He's one of the only monks in the monastery with a double name. Brother Kim's name is really Brother Andrew Kim, but he just goes by Kim. I had to think of a name a little bit at the last minute, because for most of my novitiate I wasn't planning on staying in the monastery. I thought that I would, I would leave. And so, while a lot of people during the novitiate sort of think about what name they take. I wasn't thinking so much about names because I thought that I probably wasn't going to stay, and that's another story for another day. But um, when I did decide that I was going to stay with the help of Father Harry, who was my novice junior master, one of the names that I had sort of entertained was John Mark. I would have kept Mark as my name, that's my baptismal name, but there was already a Mark in the monastery, and so our rule is that if there's already a monk with your name, you have to change. So I thought, I wonder if I could just add a name to it. And I like John for a number of reasons. My godfather's name is John. And I found my love for Benedictine life at St. John's Abbey, and I've always liked John the Baptist. And so I thought maybe I could, I could hold on to Mark in, if I was ever going to take a name, take John Mark. And then out of the blue one day, I walked into Father Harry's office, and he said, I think you should take the name John Mark, as he would say in his Kentucky accent. And I thought, oh, I, I've thought about that. And, and I said, but I don't think the abbot would maybe give a double name. And he said, you could always ask. And the abbot had given a homily in which he talked about John Mark, who is, in, uh, according to legend, uh, the other name for Mark the Evangelist. And so those things sort of came together. And so I, I asked for John Mark as my first choice. And then my second choice was John, and my third choice was Matthew. Father Lambert was the abbot at the time when Brother John Mark made his first profession. He did things a little bit different than Abbot Justin. He had novices submit three names ahead of time, met with the novices, and then during that meeting, he decided what the name will be. My name, Mark, was spelled with a C, M-A-R-C. And I think uh, as a little bit of a 
Here's an opportunity to die to yourself. He said, and how do you plan to spell that? <laughs> and I knew right away that that meant I was going to lose my C. And I said, I assume I'm going to spell it J-O-H-N-M-A-R-K. And he said, yes, that's right. <laughs> so it's an exciting thing to take a new name. We hear a lot of stories in the community about monks choosing names. Here's Brother John Mark again telling us about how Father Harry chose his name. His name had been Harry, and his religious name is Harry. He kept his name. One of the names he was interested in was Afrahad. <laughs> or he thought <laughs> Jephthah would be an interesting name because every other letter at some point was H. J-E... How does how is that? Jephthah. Yes, J-E... P-H-T-H-A-H. -H. He thought that was cool. <laughs> but anyway, he thought about taking Afrahad. It occurred to him one day that if he got into a fight in a bar and then someone asked him what his name was and he said Afrahad, everyone would assume it was his fault. But if they asked him what his name was and he said Harry, they'd all say, that's a normal every man's name. It must be the other guy's fault. <laughs> so he kept Harry as his name. Reasons for choosing a monastic name range from the completely practical, how will the name sound, to the spiritual. Father Thomas gives an example of a deeply spiritual meaning. When I joined the community as a novice, I was known as Novice Gregory, my baptismal name, and it was a little disappointing that we already had a Father Gregory, so I couldn't ask for the name Gregory, and I had about 30 possibilities, and most at the beginning it was just kind of, well, what would sound good with my last name, Grakowski, what would work with that? And then it became a question of, well, what does the name sound like? What does it connote? What do people think about when they hear that particular first name? Is it a common name? Should it be a strange name? What kind of message do I want to give the abbot and the, the community with the names that I ask for? But then it turned into a question of, is there some quality of one of the saints that I would really like help in? And that's how I came to my first two choices. My first choice was Thomas. My second choice was Alcuin. The reason I made Thomas the Apostle my first choice, and people are surprised, uh, and I got teased a little bit, why I asked for Thomas the Apostle and not Thomas Aquinas or one of the other many great Thomases that there are. One friend put it, why did you ask for Thomas the Doubter and not for Thomas the Believer? But it's precisely because Thomas had his experience of doubt and that Christ was able to bring him through that doubt to a wonderful faith. Because when I was in high school and in college and in grad school, and even at moments in the monastery, I experienced kind of waves of doubt and questioning about all kinds of things, including you know the existence of God. And I was certainly aware that lots of people in the world today and throughout history have these same doubts. 
So I thought Thomas, because he's had this kind of paradigmatic experience of doubting and coming to belief, would be able to help me deepening my faith and perhaps even allowing doubt to creep in from time to time so that faith could be increased. Father Thomas has learned another lesson than the one he was expecting to learn from his patron saint. The thing that I think Thomas has been really teaching me in the last few years is that the reason Thomas had the whole problem of doubt in the first place is because he just wasn't there at the right moment. He wasn't in the community when Jesus came and revealed himself as risen from the dead. And that's the whole reason he got into the problem of his doubt. He just wasn't there. If he had been there with the community, then he would have seen the Lord and not have had the doubts. So that has really encouraged me to try to immerse myself more deeply into the community, the church community, the monastic community, because that's where faith is most alive. Father Miner, thank you for sitting down and talking about your name with us. Uh, we were just wondering if you could give us uh, the story of how you chose your name. Sixty years ago this year, I received my name. But prior to receiving it and making profession, we had to turn three names into Father Abbott. My first choice was Matthias. My second choice was Aquinas. And now you know I got my third choice, Meinrad. But after 60 years, I am very happy with the name. There were three reasons why I chose this name when I put it down on the list. First of all, I was very moved by St. Mindred, the story, the tradition of his life, that he had great love of God and dedication to God. The second reason was his great devotion to Mary, mother of Jesus. And the third reason was his charity. I knew it would take me uh, all the rest of my life to try to live out those three wonderful conditions of the saint, my patron, but at least I was going to try. I never have asked my confreres in community whether they think I'm living up to the three of them, <laughs> but I will know when I meet my judge at the end of life. Monks don't always get their first choice of names. I didn't. And neither did Father Julian Peters. When I was making vows, my baptismal name was Paul. And at that time, we had a Father Paul in the community. So I had to change my name. Julian was my second choice. And I am the first professed member of the house to have that name. And I stumbled across the name literally Days before turning in the list to Abbot Timothy, I stumbled across it uh, going through Butler's Lives of the Saints and said, discovered Julian of Toledo. And St. Julian was a 7th century Archbishop of Toledo, Spain. And I am a native of Toledo, Ohio. St. Julian was known as uh, an administrator and a love for the liturgy, and those are, have always been some of my interests. And so I put it down on my list. 
and I got my note back from Abbot Timothy, and it said, Est nomen tibi, uh, which is Latin for, this is the name for you, and with his signature. And I still have that card. When we were given our, our names, we were called into the novice master's office. There were four of us that were making simple vows. And he handed us our envelopes, and we opened them, and went around the room, and he said, did you get your first choice? And I was the junior of the group, and we did everything by seniority, and so they went around, yes, 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 no. I was disappointed because I didn't get my first choice, human element there. But very soon after I made profession, everyone quickly said, oh, that name, it fits you perfectly. And so I, I took that as an affirmation, and I've grown into it. And really, I was easily able to set aside my disappointment at not having received my first choice. And I can say that I'm glad that I received the name Julian. Sometimes a new name does more than just mark a moment of conversion or major change for an individual, but might also speak to an important change within the entire community. Here's Brother John Mark again. So recently, we had four novices make their profession, and one of the novices asked for and received the name Nathaniel. And that was one of those moments when the entire community is more affected, and, and maybe it means something especially to the community in terms of um, marking a change or marking a conversion. Because about 15 years ago, before, right before I joined the community, one of our monks had committed suicide in his name. Uh, had been Nathaniel. And that was surely one of the most painful and traumatic events I think this community has probably ever experienced. As it's traumatic and painful, you know, when a family has someone uh, commit suicide and in their lives, uh, there's lots of feelings of anger and obvious grief and guilt and sadness. And uh, it's hard. Uh, to negotiate all of that. and Father Abbott, Justin, in the last 12 years that he's been Abbott, has been a person who has been a very careful and discerning um, and pastoral sort of person. And I think in lots of ways, Abbott Justin has helped people and maybe allowed people to kind of heal from that event. And Father Nathaniel and I were classmates as well in the novitiate and in ordination. And I think enough time had passed. Interestingly enough, no one had submitted that name before. It was the first time the name appeared on anyone's list. I knew the situation and, and I knew who he was when I submitted the name. And I tried to envision how the community would respond if that was actually my name. I thought about that for a while, but I didn't think that that was a reason to deter me from submitting the name at all. I believe that it would provide perhaps a chance for healing and for the community to be able to now move ahead with things, which is not to form any kind of judgment. And I think it's also the fact that the person who receives the name, it fits Brother Nathaniel. He is a guileless man like his patron. And so I think he will do the name well 
in our community. Other people in the community have mentioned that it's good to hear the name Nathaniel again. I think a lot of people, from what I've been able to gather, uh, really looked up to Father Nathaniel, really appreciated who he was and the person he was within the community. And maybe that having another Nathaniel within the community allows some people to move on uh, and to recognize what has what happened in the past and say, okay, it's time to embrace a new future and another Nathaniel. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed hearing about our monastic names. This podcast was produced today by Krista Hall, Brother Joel Blaze, Brother William Sprower, Mary Jean Schumacher, Jim Paquette, Tammy Sheeter, Christian Mozak, and myself, Novice Tony. The music for this podcast was produced by Brother Joel. We want to give a special thanks to Archabbot Justin Duval, Father Meinrad Bruni, Brother Simon Herman, Brother Gene Fish, Brother Nathaniel Siddick, Father Thomas Krakowski, Brother John Mark Falkenhayn, Father Julian Peters, Brother Giles Mayhew, and Father Augustine Davis. Tune in next time to hear what monks do in their free time. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And if you like this episode, next time you're on iTunes, be sure to take a moment to share it with a friend or submit a quick review. To hear a couple more stories about monastic names, visit our blog at stmeinred.edu slash echoes. Oh, well, I got my third choice. I had Peter, Marion, and Giles. They gave me Giles, and I wanted the Franciscan Giles because I was taught by Franciscan sisters. I didn't get the Franciscan one. I got the September the 1st one, and guess what he's patron of? Nervous stomachs. <laughs> And if it's good, doesn't it? <laughs> so anyway, that's the way it goes.